Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Jesus is worthy. He's worthy to be praised. Come on and praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Praise him. Jesus, blessed Savior. He's worthy to be praised. Jesus, blessed Savior, He's worthy to be praised. Jesus, blessed Savior, He's worthy to be praised. Our Father and our God, we thank you once again for the privilege and opportunity, Lord, to be found once again in the house of worship where prayers can be heard and your mercy can be found. Lord, where we have come tonight to expound upon your word, Lord, that we may learn how to live circumspectly to this world, that we may win the souls of men. Now, Father, we ask that you let us down in the deep secret of your word. In the mighty name of Jesus, unfold your mysteries unto us, Lord. Give us your revelation, Lord God, that we may have your word to put in our heart that we send out against thee in the mighty name of Jesus. And for it, dear Master, we give your name the praise, the glory, and the honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Our lesson comes from 1 Kings, chapter 11. Chapter 11 of 1 Kings. We begin reading from verse number 1. But King Solomon loved many strange women, together with the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Zidonians, and Hittites, of the nations concerning which the Lord said unto the children of Israel, You shall not go into them, neither shall they come in unto you, for surely they will turn away your heart after their gods. Solomon clave unto these in love. And he had 700 wives, princes, and 300 concubines, and his wives turned away his heart. For it came to pass when Solomon was old, that his wives turned away his heart after other gods, and his heart was not perfect with the Lord his God, as was the heart of David his father. But Solomon went after Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, and after Melchum, the abomination of the Ammonites, and Solomon did evil in the sight of the Lord, and went not fully after the Lord, as did David his father. Then did Solomon build a high place for Shemush, the abomination of Moab, in the hill that is before Jerusalem, and for Moloch, the abomination of the children of Ammon. 
And likewise did he for all his strange wives, which burnt incense and sacrificed unto their God. And the Lord was angry with Solomon, because his heart was turned from the Lord God of Israel, which he appeared unto him twice. And had commanded him concerning this thing, that he should not go after other gods, but he kept not that which the Lord commanded. Wherefore the Lord said unto Solomon, For as much as this is done of thee, and thou hast not kept my covenant and my statutes which I have commanded thee, I will surely rend the kingdom from thee, and will give it to thy servant. Notwithstanding in thy days, I will not do it for David thy father's sake, but I will rend it out of the hand of thy son. Howbeit, I will not rend away all the kingdom, but will give one tribe to thy son for David my servant's sake, and for Jerusalem the sake which I have, cho I have chosen. And the Lord stirred up the adversary unto Solomon, Hadad the Edomite, he was of the king's seed in Edom. For it came to pass when David was in Edom and Joab, the captain of the host, was going up to bury the slain after he had smitten every male in Edom. For six months did Joab remain there with all Israel until he had cut off every male in Edom. That had that fled and certain Edomites of his father's servant with him to go into Egypt, had that being yet a little child. And they arose out of Midian and came to Paran. And they took men with them of, out of Paran, and they came to Egypt unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, which gave him a house and appointed him victuals and gave him land. And had that found great favor in the sight of Pharaoh, so that he gave him to wife the sister of his own wife, the sister of Taphanes, the queen. And the, sis, and the sister of Taphanes bare him Genobat, his son, whom Taphanes weaned in Pharaoh's house. And, and Genobat was in Pharaoh's household among the sons of Pharaoh. And when Hadad heard in Egypt that David slept with his father, and that Joab, the captain of the host, was dead, Hadad said to Pharaoh, Let me depart that I might go to my own country. Then Pharaoh said unto him, But what hast thou lacked with me, that thou seekest to go to thy own country? And he answered, Nothing. Howbeit, let me go in any wise. And God stirred, up, stirred him up another adversary, Rezon, the son of Eladat, which fled from his lord Hadazareth, king of Zobah, and he gathered men unto him and became captain over a band. When David slew them of Zobah, and they went to David to Damascus and dwelt therein and reigned in Damascus. And he was an adversary to Israel all the days of Solomon, beside the mischief that Hadad did. And he abhorred Israel and reigned over Syria. And Jeroboam, the son of Nebat and Ephrahite, of Zerodah, Solomon's servant, whose mother name was Zorah, a widow woman, even he lifted up his hand against the king. And this was the cause that he lifted up his hand against the king, against the king. Solomon built Milo and repaired the breaches of the city of David his father. 
And the man of Jeroboam was a mighty man of valor. And Solomon seeing the young man that he was industrious, he made him rule over all the charge of the house of Joseph. And it came to pass at that time when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem that the prophet Ahijah, the Shulamite, found him in the way. And he had clad himself with a new garment, and they too were, gone, and they too were alone in the field. And Ahijah caught the new garment that was on him and rent it in 12 pieces. And he said to Jeroboam, Take thee ten pieces, for thus saith the Lord, the God of Israel, Behold, I will rend the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon, and will give ten tribes to thee. But he shall have one tribe for, for my servant David's sake, and for Jerusalem's sake, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel, because that they have forsaken me, and have worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Zidonians, Shemush, the god of the Moabites, and Malcolm, the god of the, shelf of the children of Ammon, and have not walked in my ways to do that which is right in my eyes, to keep my statutes and my judgment, as did David his father. Howbeit, I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand, but I will make him prince all the days of his life for David my, my servant's sake, whom I chose because he kept my commandment and my statutes. But I will take the kingdom out of his son, out of his son's hand, and will give it unto thee, even ten tribes. And unto his son will I give one tribe, that David, that David my servant may have a light always before me in Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen me to put my name there. And I will take thee, and thou shalt reign according to all that thy soul desire, and shall be king over Israel. And it shall be, if thou wilt hearken unto all that I command thee, and will walk in my ways, and do, and do that which is right in my sight, to keep my statutes and my commandments, as David my servant did, that I will be with, that I will be with thee, and build thee a show house, and as I built for David, and will give Israel unto thee. And I will for this, and I will for this afflict the seed of David, but not forever. Solomon sought, therefore, to kill Jer Jeroboam. Jeroboam arose and fled into Egypt unto Shishak, king of Egypt and was in Egypt until the death of Solomon. And the rest of the acts of Solomon and all that he did and his wisdom, are they not written in the book of the acts of Solomon? And the time that Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel was 40 years. And Solomon slept with his father and was buried in the city of David, his father. And Rehoboam, his, and Rehoboam, his son, reigned in his stead. First. King chapter 11, verses 1 through verse 43. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading here and door of his holy word. You know, the Bible said that all things was written a full time for our learning that we through the, through the scriptures might find come, might find strength. The way that we don't have to make bad decisions looking at those that came before us, looking at the choices they made, seeing what came from those choices, it should give us the opportunity 
to make better choices, make better decisions with our choices. Now, David had lived not a perfect life in the flesh, but according to what God is saying concerning David, he lived a perfect life in his heart towards God. And the Bible says Solomon did not do that as his father David did because he allowed these strange women, all of these women that he had connected himself with, to turn his heart away from God. It just didn't turn him. This thing got to the point, to the point where it affected his heart. And the Bible says that the thing angered God. God got angry with Solomon because of all the strange women that he had connected himself to and began to worship and serve their gods, built altars and incense in high places for all of these strange women's gods. That the women, that the women, the Bible said when Solomon got old, his wives turned his heart from the Lord his God. It's, 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 it's bad to be a fool, but it's even worse to be an old fool. You find people in their young days do foolish things and make foolish acts, foolish decisions, throw their money up in the air, burn, burn a candle on both ends. But you find some people, when they do get some age on them, have some experience about life, they settle themselves down. But here's Solomon. He, he was in the Lord at a young age, but then turned from the Lord when he got older. It, it lets you understand when the Bible says that the race is not given to the swift, nor the balance of the strong, but they that endure to the end. We don't get paid for how well we start. We get paid for how well we finish. And Solomon is finishing in a very bad way to the point that he angered God, that God is removing the nation from up under the seed of David. But because of David's sake, because of the heart that David had for God, that the Lord was going to still yet have him a prince in Israel. He's only going to take 10 tribes away. Out of the 12, he's going to take 10, 10 of them away. Why? All because of sin. The wages of sin? It's still dead. It's still dead. Whatever a man sow, that shall he also reap. So he's only getting paid for what he did. He's not, he's not, God is not paying him for something that he didn't do. God is paying him for something that he did do. When you go out there and work, you, you go out there and work to earn wages. You don't go out there and work for a company or whatever for nothing and, and go home with nothing, you go out there and work. And, and whatever you, time you put on that time clock, that's what you look to get paid for. This is what Solomon did. 
Solomon worked towards these other gods and these strange women. And so what he worked for, that's what he got paid for. So God is only paying him for what he worked for. He worked his way to this bitter end with God, to the point that God got angry with him. Now, check this out. Check this out. For him to accumulate over a thousand women and for him to serve as king of Israel for 40 years, that took some time. This didn't happen overnight. And so what I'm, what I'm, the point I'm trying to make, look at the space and time God gave him to repent and turn around. And he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't see any wrong in what he was doing. He even got worse. You know, when, the, when, when you swear in a government official as a governor, a mayor, a president, a senator, a, a, a house of representatives, you know what they swear? They swear to uphold the Constitution of the United States against foreign and domestic terrorists. Whether they're foreign or whether they're domestic, they swore to defend the United States and the Constitution against those people. Now, look what God does. God stirs up an adversary. Look what 14, verse 14 says, And the Lord stirred up an adversary unto Solomon, Hadad, the Edomite. He was of the king's seed in Edom. Watch this. Watch this. Hadad was of the was of the seed, which means that he was the son. He was his son. For it came to pass when David was in Edom, and Joab the captain of the host was gone up to bury the slain after he had smitten every male in Edom. They thought they had killed every male. They're just like, you know, when I was looking at this, the Lord was showing me how some people think that once they got to a certain point in, 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 in the Lord, they think that they, that they got it made. They think that they can relax. But there's always something in our life that we got to work on. There's always some little remnant that's still left in them. Whether it's bitterness, whether it's, it's a point where we got to, you got to be, uh, uh, find the spirit of humility, whether it's anger, whether it's bitter, whatever it is that's still left in there, God always leaves something there for us to work on. Now, they thought they had to got rid of all of these Edomites. Thought they had buried every male child. But had they got away. Look, check this out. For six months did Joab remain there with all Israel until he had cut off every male in Edom. He thought he had cut off every male. That had that fled while they was fighting and killing all everybody else, had that fled for his life. Had that fled, he and certain Edomites of his father's servant with him to go in, into Egypt, had that been yet a child. Now, when I saw that, what do you think how a person is impressed most in their life? When they're young or when they're old? Either they are impressed to do good, or either they find bitterness, and it carries them throughout their lifetime. This happened to him when he was a child, and he held this in his heart. 
A lot of people in a young, at a young age get damaged. Or either people at a young age, they find a heart for God. And it's bad when you keep children away from the house of God. And you be hearing some people say, oh, they're still young here. Let them go have their fun. And it's not a day that you don't turn on the news, that you don't hear about a whole bunch. Just, just when it was Sunday, the man went into the church house and killed all the people. Before that, the man was in Las Vegas in the hotel and shot up all of the people. Now, you don't find people that really know God and have him in his heart, in their heart, that's going to get out there and, and commit those type of atrocities. So a person really, what the Bible say for to do? Raise a child. Train him up in the way that he should go when he is what? When he's young, right? For when he's old, he won't depart. Here, this situation with Israel and Edom, this battle, this fight that they had, and all of these males, and even the king himself was killed, it was killed right in the sight of Hadad. Him and the servants of, of his father, they fled away and went into Egypt. That type of tragedy, a, a child is traumatized. They don't forget that. Now this happened, the Bible said, when he was a little child. Check what verse 18 says. Huh? Yeah. Now check out what 18 say. Verse 18 say, And they rose out of Midian and came to Paran. And they took men with them unto Paran. And they came into Egypt unto Pharaoh, king of Egypt, which gave him a house and appointed him victuals and gave him land. And had that found not favor, but he found great favor in the sight of Pharaoh, so that he gave him to wife, the sister of his own wife, the sister of Tiphanes, the queen. Now, you have to understand, Pharaoh and Solomon supposed to have companionship, supposed to be have the hookup because Solomon married his, his daughter. But it just goes to show you when a person don't like you, they wait their time to get you. One thing about your enemy, he's patient. He's patient. He waits for his opportunity to get you. And that's the way Satan is. See, as long as you're strong, you're in church, you do, he sits back and he waits for his opportunity to strike. And any time we step outside the Lord or, or do something contrary to the will of God, Satan is right there. In the book, in the book of Job, when God was having a, a, a meeting with the sons of God, the Bible said that Satan showed up in the meeting. And God asked him, say, where, where, what you doing here, Satan? He said, where you going? He said, oh, I'm just going to and fro up and down in the earth seeking whom I may devour. So he's always on the look, always on the, on the prowl, looking to find somebody that's got, that got a weaker vessel that he can go in and devour that household, that family. 
And so look what God has. He said, have you considered my servant Job? See, God knows the heart of the, of the people that say they are for him. Because God allows Satan to try us, to bring, bring us through tests. And it's just to be a trying, a testing of our faith. Because with all of that, what did with this, with this, Satan tell God? He said, look, I'll, I'll, I'll make Job curse you to your face. He said, the only reason why he loved you or served you is because his head you put around him. And you, and you didn't bless him. Well, he said, look, you can touch everything he had. But he said, but, but don't touch him. He said, say, his life is mine. He touched everything that Job had. Job wasn't the one who spoke up. It was his wife. Why don't you curse God and die? And Job said, you sound like one of the foolish women. He said, the Lord given, the Lord taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He still blessed God even in some difficult times. So God knows the heart of people that he, that he knows he can count on. And the only way God can count on us, we got to get the word inside of us to know how God works. Once we know how God actually works, what he allows to go on in our lives or, or interfere in our lives so that we can get to know him on a more personal basis, then we won't, we won't act so foolish or, 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 or blame God foolishly. Now, this guy, Pharaoh, should have been in league. He should have been in league with Solomon, but he was Solomon's adversary. Hadad went into Egypt, and when he went into Egypt, what he was doing? Gathering men. He was gathering, gathering together people that he could trust to stand at his side. And Hadad found great favor in the sight of Pharaoh so that he gave him to wife, the sister of his own wife, the sister of Tiphanes, the queen. And the sister of Tephanes buried him, get, get Nubat, his son, whom Tephanes weaned in Pharaoh's house, and Genabat was in Pharaoh's household among the sons of Pharaoh. Now they're becoming very close. Anytime you find children raised up in the same house, they become very close. The adults that's in the house become very close to the children, even though they may not be there. Why? Because they have a bond. That's why, that's why we have to always come together as one. The Bible says that one could put a thousand to flight, but two could put ten thousand to flight. If we could come together as one body in Christ, we can defeat anything that the devil threw our way. Look, in the book of Acts, they said the day of Pentecost. Now, you don't hear about that no, no other time, no more times in the Bible. That it was all on one accord. And it was people from different nations, different backgrounds, different tongues. See, they, heard, they all heard the word of God in their own tongues. 
The Bible said when it was on one accord, a mighty rushing wind came in and filled the whole house. And the Spirit sat on them and gave them cloven tongues. And they all heard the word in their own language. Why? Because they all came together on one accord. Now, you don't find that nowhere else in the Bible. But just that one scripture in the Acts where people came together as one in the church. Because what do Satan come? He come to divide us. The Bible says a house that divided against itself cannot stand. Because he come to steal, kill, and to destroy. That's all he come to do. And when Hadad heard in Egypt, now he's in Egypt, now he's hearing certain things that's going on. Now, check this out. If he heard about David down in Egypt, don't you think Pharaoh heard about the situation between David and Edom? The battle that they had? But here this boy here, the son of the king of Edom, then came and now he's giving him a place to stay, giving him food to eat, and giving him land to live on, and allowed him to marry his wife's sister. So why would he bring this man into his house? His, your, his daughter is married to Solomon, which is David's son. Now, if Hadad just went down in Egypt, and he didn't heard that David is dead, and Joab is dead, then undoubtedly Pharaoh had to hear about the battle that David had with the king of Edom. Why didn't he tell him, say, well, look, man, my daughter is married to Solomon. Look, I, 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 I'll help you along your way, but you can't stay here. He brought him in, and the Bible said he found great favor with him. I don't care how much a person laughing, talking in your face. See if they're friends with, the, with, 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 your, with, the, with your enemy, they become your enemy, especially if they don't know God. That don't mean anything. And when Hadad heard in Egypt that David slept with his fathers and that Joab, the captain of the host, was dead, Hadad said to Pharaoh, let me depart that I may go to my own country. Now, where is this boy living at? Hadad living there with Pharaoh, right? So who you think is telling him these things? He's in Pharaoh's house. So who you think is telling him, say, man, David dead now. You weren't about the wrong thing. David, David ain't, ain't alive no more. The captain of his army, Joab, dead too. They all sleeping with their fathers. So now he didn't got he didn't got some courage. He didn't got some heart now. And the thing about it, where he's getting his courage and his heart from? He's getting it from God. Because God is stirring him up. You remember right here in the verse 18, it said the Lord stirred up an adversary. God is stirring him up and giving him this type of false courage to come out against Solomon. Because God's going gonna, to use his people to chastise Solomon. He's weakening him to the point where that the time comes when he dies, the kingdom is going to be stripped away from him through his son uh, Jeroboam. Verse 22 said, Then Pharaoh said unto him, But what hast thou lacked with me, that thou seekest to go to thy own country, 
and he answered nothing, how be it let me go in any wise. Now, Pharaoh had got so close to this boy, so close to his children that lived in a house among his children, he asked, he tried to convince him to stay. Man, why you got to go? What did you like? You don't like nothing here. I done gave you everything you want. Anything you lack, I'm willing to, 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 to give it to you. He said, look, I appreciate all of this. I, I, I'm grateful for what all you've done while I was here, but I got to go. Now, what's driving him? What do you think is driving him? From out of a peaceful and a prosperous place for him and his family, what do you think is driving him? His anger toward Solomon. His anger toward what David did to his family. That's the thing. That's the driving force that's in him now. See, once something got in your heart, it's hard to turn a person away from it. That's something like a person that's, that's strung out on drugs or alcohol or whatever it is that they, that they have a habit for. It's hard to turn a person. You find some people go to these AA meetings and they, and they put them in, take them off to, to, to these exclusive places out California or, or Florida or somewhere and put them up in these places and, and try and wean them off of alcohol or drugs or whatever it is, uh, barbiturals, uh, what this new thing, opioids and all of that. But see, once it then got on the inside of them, if they're not willing to turn from it, I don't care what kind of place you put them in, they're going to go right back at it. The thing that's driving head dead right now is what happened to him, his family, when he was a little child. This is the driving force that's inside of him right now. He want to get even. He wants some revenge. Sometimes we think that something that happened between you and another individual a long period of time, you think that it's over. It might be over with you, but it's not always over with the other person. They might even laugh and talk in your face, but it's not over with them. Verse 23 says, and God stirred him up another adversary. That one ain't enough. He's stirring up somebody else now. Rezon, the son of Elida, which fled from the Lord Hadazer, king of Zobah. And he gathered men unto him and became captain over a band. When David slew them of Zobah, and they went to David, and they went to Damascus, and dwelt therein, and reigned in Damascus. And he was an adversary to Israel all the days of Solomon, because the mischief that, beside the mischief that Hadad did, and he abhorred Israel, and reigned over Syria. Now he got trouble on every hand. Right now he's dealing only with foreign enemies, but now he's going to have a domestic enemy that's going to come out against him, right in his own house. Didn't, didn't God say that he was going to give 10, 10, 10 of the, uh, the tribes to his servant? Right in his own house.
And he was an adversary to Israel all the days of Solomon. Beside the mischief that Hadad did, and he abhorred Israel and ran over Syria. That's like a person sitting out at a picnic and you can't enjoy yourself because of the mosquitoes. The heat coming at you one, one way and the mosquitoes eating you up another way. You can't sit comfortable. You can't have peace. You can't even enjoy your food. Now, Rezon is coming out after the, the, uh, from, a, from Syria. He's coming out after. And then the Bible said, not counting the mischief. That's beside the mischief that her dad was doing. All because of the choices he made with them women. That's what these women causing him now. That's what these women causing him. When he got the kingdom, God gave him peace. David was a, was, was, a, was a man of war. And when David passed away, he had peace. God gave Solomon peace. But he wasn't satisfied with the peace. He had to go get all them strange women. He had to get something to excite him. You know, a lot of times people, people can't handle peace. Some people can't handle peace and prosperity. Just like they be saying on, on some of these talk shows how some people be in one, all these millions and millions of dollars in the lottery. And it's not long, it's not long, they ain't only then spent the money up unwisely, their marriage then fell apart. Because they can't handle prosperity. Same thing with people that comes in the house of God. God clean them up, save them, and they find nothing but peace in the house of God. To the to the point that it gets you know, you know what people say? It's so, so quiet, it gets deafening. You get deafened by the, by the peace and the silence. Some people can't have peace. They have to have some type of excitement that's going on. And that's what happened to Solomon. And not only that, Solomon got the big head when all the people was coming from everywhere, talking about all of his great wisdom. That they hadn't heard or saw no man with the wisdom that Solomon ex ex exemplified. That kind of stuff gets to a man's head. Verse 26 says, And Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, and Ephrahite of, of Zeradah, Solomon's servant, whose mother's name was Zorah, a widow woman, even he lifted up his hand against the king. Now he's not only dealing with, dom with foreign adversaries, now he's dealing with a domestic adversary. Now Jeroboam then raised up, rose up against him. See, when you start doing wrong, it ain't just, it ain't just the people on the outside that's going to come out against you and talk about you and, and scandalize you, but the people also on the inside. Your children the people in the church house, people in the community who've been knowing you all your life. So you can't find peace on no, on no side. Now, he's he not finding peace in his kingdom because now he's, he, 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 he has to fight now with these people that came out against him. 
Now he don't have peace in his own kingdom on the inside because now his servant, his servant is coming out against him. And Jeroboam, the son of Nebat, a Hephratite of Zerida, Solomon's servant, whose mother's name was Zura, a widow woman. Look at the word, look, look, look at the word they use, even. He only had trouble on the outside. He even had trouble not coming from him on the inside. Even he lifted up his hand against the king. It's a terrible thing to fall in the hand of an angry God. And what the Bible said, the Lord was angry with Solomon because his heart was turned from the Lord his God, which had appeared unto him twice, not once, but twice. And this was the cause that he lifted up his hand against the king. Solomon built Milo and repaired the breaches of the city of David, his father. All of this stuff he did for, these, for Pharaoh's daughter, for these strange women. Now, these places are supposed to be meant for people of Israel, the, the nation. These people was not saved. In other words, these people here was a form of uncleanliness. They polluted Jerusalem. They polluted the house of God. They polluted the city. They was not clean. They were declared people of, they was, they was heathen. They was unclean. The same way you hear people nowadays, that's over in Syria and, 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 and Afghanistan talking about they're fighting a holy war because the people who had invaded their land is unclean. They, 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 what they call them? Uh, uh, not, not Gentiles. They call them, uh, it's another name they call them. No. I forget the name they call them, but they call them another name something that's real low, that they shouldn't be in their country because that's a holy land. What, God, what did God tell, tell, tell not only Moses, but he told uh, uh, Joshua, take off your shoes for the ground you stand on is holy ground. And so the, so the land that they live in, they declare that to be a holy land. That's a holy land over there. And the only one supposed to be there is those that's, that's of, 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 of the blood. Those family members, that's the only one supposed to be there. And so this is what, this is more or less what Jeroboam is saying. Why he came out against him. Why you bring, bring this woman into the city and built up Milo for her? Why did you do this? This is, this is an abomination to, to, to our nation. This is an abomination to God. And the man Jeroboam was a mighty man of valor. He wasn't know anybody. And Solomon, seeing the young man that he was industrious, he made him ruler over all the charge of the house of Joseph. Now, isn't that like some people? When somebody come out against you, you want to try and win them over and give them stuff. Give them a position. 
especially if they came out at you and showed you where you're wrong at. And so what they're trying to do, they're trying to give you some hush money, trying to put you in a position so, so that they can win you over. He was a man of valor, which means that in Israel he had respect. People looked up to him. People looked up to him. They, they, they gave him honor. That's right, he had great character. People respected him. Solomon, losing respect, he going down the ladder in the, in the form of respect. Still got the title, but don't have respect. And here Jeroboam is moving up the ladder in respect because the Bible said that this man is a man of valor. He got great character. People looked up to him and had respect for him. And the man Jeroboam was a mighty man of valor. Just not a man of valor, a mighty man of valor. And Solomon seeing the young man that he was industrious. He had it going on. When you're an industrious person, that means that you can put things together. You can handle certain, certain things. You can, you can bring people together. You can coordinate. He made him ruler over all the charge of the house of Joseph. And that's all, that's all he's going to have left is the house of Joseph and Judah. Because all the rest of the ten tribes go, go up to the north. This is the tribes that these are the ten tribes he's going to have. Verse 29 says, And it came to pass at that time when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem that the prophet Ahijah, the Shulamite, found him in the way. And he had clad himself with a new garment. And they two were alone in the field. And Ahijah caught the new garment that was on him and rent it in twelve pieces. And he said to Jeroboam, Take thee ten pieces, for thus said the Lord, the God of Israel, Behold, I will rent the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon, and will give ten tribes to thee. Now, you know, sometimes when you give somebody a word like this, especially coming from a, from a true prophet, people get the big head. I'm, I'm, I'm about to make you something. I'm about to put you on top. So now, guess what? The lack of respect he had for Solomon before this, how much lack of respect do you think he's going to have for him now? He's saying this, this, this word is coming from God. Now he's speaking to Ahijah, who was known in these days to be a true prophet, the man of God. It came to pass that at that time when Jeroboam went out of Jerusalem, that the prophet Ahijah, the Shulamite, found him in the way, and he had clad himself with a new garment. And they too were alone in the field. Now you know something? This guy, this, this more and more looking more like it's God and God alone. And nobody else got nothing to do with this but God. We're saying, they're saying, look, these things, you know, the Bible plays on words. And it said that he clad himself in what? A new garment. It wasn't something old and been washed where it got kind of feeble where you can just tear it up. This is something that's new. And the man took this garment off him and tore it, in, tore it up in 12 pieces. 
He didn't say he cut it. He said he tore it up, right? Verse 30 says, and Hijah caught the new garment that was on him and rent it in 12 pieces, which means he tore it in pieces. And he said to Jeroboam, take thee 10 pieces, for thus said the Lord, the God of Israel, behold, I will rend the kingdom out of the hand of Solomon and will give 10 tribes to thee. But he shall have one tribe for my servant David's sake and Jerusalem's sake, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. So now he's telling them what God is about to do. What is God is about to do with him? You know, those type of things that when you know that God have really came and spoke to you concerning something about your future, that should make you even more humble. That should bring such humility to you, knowing that this is God. You remember what happened to Mary when, God, when the angel, uh, when, when Gabriel came to her and told her, say, behold, Mary, you know, you have found, you have found favor. With, it humbled her. When you know something that came from God, that, that's supposed to bring humility. When, when, when Samuel was in the house of Eli, and he was laying on the bed, and he thought that was Eli was calling him, he said, look, when you hear this voice call you again, say, speak, Lord, that servant here. You didn't hear him rise up over Eli. He, was, he found humility before God. To the point that God raised him up right in Eli's house to become the next high priest of Israel. But some people can't handle some things that God has for them. Because we're going to find out what's going to happen with Jeroboam. Because regardless of what's going on between Solomon's house and Jeroboam, they're still God's people. The Bible says that when a brother has ought against another brother, if they don't come together, the Bible says still count them as a brother. Right? We're still supposed to be brothers and sisters, even though we, we don't see eye to eye on something. A brother that did something to me that I didn't think was, was right, I had no reason in it, I still pray for him every morning. I still lift his name up before God every morning. Verse 32 says, But he shall have one tribe for my servant David's sake, and for Jerusalem's sake, the city which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. Now, Solomon vacated God, but God didn't vacate them. He said, look, I'm going to still have my name here in Jerusalem, a city that I chose for my namesake. He said in his word, he said, I will never leave you, nor will I forsake you. But I'm going to be with you always. Verse 33 says, because that they have forsaken me. See, they've forsaken him. He didn't forsake them. Because that they have forsaken me and have worshipped Ashrod, the goddess of the Zidonians, Shemush, the god of the Moabites, and Malcolm, the god of the children of Ammon, and have not walked in my way to do that which is right in my eyes, and to keep my statutes and my judgments as did David his father. Howbeit, I will not take the whole kingdom out of his hand, but I will make him prince all the days of his life for David, my servant's sake, whom I chose because he kept my, kept my commandment and my statutes. Now, he's telling him 
What are, why this, this, this prophet Ahijah is talking to Jeroboam to convince him that this is God and why God is doing this. Now, he already has some information because he came out against Solomon because of him building up Milo for, this, for, this, for, this, for, his, uh, for Pharaoh's daughter. He's already then came out against him, so he already had some information about what Solomon is doing and these strange women that he didn't marry. So now Ahijah is encouraging him and letting him know why God is about to do this. So now he knows. He's putting two and two together. Yeah, this is God because really this is happening. This is happening. Everybody in Israel knows what Solomon have done with all of these strange women and how he's honoring these strange women God. He said, but how be it? He said, I'm not going to take all of them. I'm going to leave something, a little, a little something because of David, my servant's sake. I'm going to leave him with something. But I will take the kingdom out of his son's hand and will give it unto thee, even ten tribes. And unto his son will I give one tribe that David my servant may have a light always before me in Jerusalem, the city which I have chosen me to put my name there. This is what God is saying. See, I'm doing it. I'm not, I'm not doing this for Solomon. I'm doing it because of what David did, how his heart was towards me. I will take thee, and thou shalt reign according to all that thou, according to all that thy soul desireth and shall be king over Israel. And it shall be, if thou wilt hearken unto all that I command thee, and will walk in my ways, and do that which is right in my sight, to keep my statutes and my commandments, as David my servant did, that I will be with thee, and will build, and, and build thee a show house, as I built for David, and will give Israel unto thee. And I will for this afflict the seed of David, but not forever. I'm going to flick them, I'm going to whip them, I'm going to chastise them, but it's not going to be all. It's not going to be forever. I'm not going to keep my foot on them. I'm not going to always allow the enemy to to uh, uh, overtake them. Now, what what God is what the, the prophet is saying to Jeroboam is the same thing God been saying to the, to David. Same thing he said to Solomon. If you will walk before me, keep my my command. He didn't change it. I'm a God and I change not. He don't say he don't put one thing on you. And say, look, this is what you got to do for, for, for you to please me. And he don't tell me that I can do something different than you do that I can please him. We all got to do the same thing, right? He don't give one person one thing and say, well, look, I ain't going to put so much on you. You, you just do this here, and I'm going to be cool with you. No, the same thing he said to, 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 to Saul when Saul became king because of the people asking for a king, same thing he told David. Same thing he told David, he told to Solomon. And what he said to Solomon now, he's saying the same thing to Jeroboam. He ain't changed nothing. Everybody had the same rules to walk by. Late Pastor Cross used to always say, no big me's and no little you's. Don't make bone out of one and flesh out the other. Everybody's got to be treated equal. And God is being equal, equally the same with each one of them. 
that he's placing in that position. Keep all that I command you. Walk in my ways. Do that which is right in my sight. Keep my statutes and my commandments as David my servant did. And, and, and you do that, I will be with you and build you a show house as I built for David and will give Israel unto you. And I will for this afflict the seed of David, but not forever. Solomon sought therefore to kill Jeroboam, and Jeroboam arose and fled into Egypt, unto Shishak, king of Egypt, and was in Egypt until the death of Solomon. Everybody ran to Egypt. What did Solomon do? The same thing that Saul did. When Saul found out that God was raising up David to become the king, he tried to kill him. Once the word go out, God's word is not going to come back to him void. It's going to accomplish what he set it out to do. I don't care what you try and do. Your hands are too short to box with God. You can't beat God. He said he know your thoughts from afar off. Verse 41 says, And the rest of the acts of Solomon and all that he did and his wisdom, are they not written in the book of the Acts of Solomon? And the time that Solomon reigned in Jerusalem over all Israel was 40 years. And Solomon slept with his fathers and was buried in the city of David, his father. And Rehoboam, his son, reigned in his stead. Now, he's going to be even more crazy than Solomon. One of them, listen at women. This one here going to listen at People just as young as him. He ain't gonna listen at the at the at the elders that they live something, they know something about God, know something about how to rule over people. He's gonna listen at his friends. It let us know that the God we serve is a what? A jealous God. He said, I visit the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generation. So if we want to be a blessing to our children, our grandchildren, we got to do what's right.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.